Welcome to Video Village, I'm Mihir Shah and this is the post-Oscars reaction episode. How are we feeling? Um, this is being recorded at exactly midnight. The Oscars just ended like 20 minutes ago. Finally got back to my laptop and had to hop on the mic and get my thoughts out. As promised, I said if everything everywhere all at once loses, this is going to be a very, very long rage pod. That is in fact not going to happen because they won Best Picture. No surprises there. The The overall ceremony was kind of unsurprising for the most part. A lot of what was talked about the last couple of weeks came to fruition with, uh, you know, Michelle Yeoh winning for Best Actress, Brendan Fraser winning for Best Actor, and Everything Everywhere All at Once winning Best Picture, Best Director, Best Screenplay, and Best Film Editing. I'm just going to zoom out a little bit and talk about my overall thoughts on the show and then get into some categories that I want to kind of dive deeper into and just some reactionary stuff. All right, let's kick it off. The opening monologue um, was kind of kind of funny. Uh, I don't really know what I expected. I was kind of cynical about, I guess, just like laughing at the Oscars because of last year, I guess. There's just like a little bit of trauma of like, all right, are we going to actually have a good time or... Should we, should we be on edge a little bit? And overall, I think Jimmy Kimmel delivered. He had some good quips, good moments. He had like one or two bits in the middle of the show that kind of fell flat for me. All the stuff when he was like doing crowd work in the audience with Cocaine Bear following him around. I was just like, this is dragging. Get get on with the show. Um, but most of the time during the show, I didn't feel that he was taking up too much space. He had a few one-liners and then he would just move on to announcing the announcing the next person to be on stage so that that all kind of worked for me i like jimmy kimmel as a host i guess this is his third time doing it um yeah i feel like every time he does it i i have a good time for the most part uh oscar speeches let's see i i honestly don't think i was that impressed with any of the oscar speeches there were some really cute moments kiwi kwan delivered every time every time he gives a speech it's very impassioned and very emotional and this was no exception i really found him to be charming he thanked his mom and said look ma i got an oscar that's like kind of just like how are you gonna beat it michelle yo's speech was nice but like again i i didn't really hear anything i hadn't heard before that being said it's hard to give a speech every week for the last two months considering how much they've been winning and make this one the you know the big bang finale original one i'm sure they were just like all right look you've heard it all before folks my mom's great I'm gonna thank her again. What else do you want me to say? Um, yeah, I don't. I I think my favorite speech was probably MM Kiravani's speech for RRR when he won Best Original Song. That was just really really sweet. <laughs> he started like rapping. Um, yeah, if you haven't watched that one, go go look it up on YouTube. It took a minute. Um, it was very charming, and it was pretty obvious he was gonna win. But I think the crowd really just like. Uh, hyped him up and kept the energy going for his speech and it was very charming all around i think that was probably my favorite um acceptance speech oh i also loved um when the creators of the short film the irish goodbye that one best live action short film decided to sing happy birthday to one of the actors in the movie that was really really special and the whole crowd joined in and I haven't seen a moment like that at the Oscars. That actually, I, I know I said I didn't like any of the speeches. That, I, w I was lying. That was definitely my favorite. Um, yeah, just fantastic stuff. 
really really happy that happened that's that's something that like i'll watch 20 years from now and be like man the good old days that's when that's when people were nice to each other in america so yeah fun stuff all quiet on the western front kind of went on a little bit of a tear today um everything everywhere all at once you know won all the big awards up front for the most part but below the line all quiet on the western front was really picking up uh some big ones they got best cinematography best production design best original score i guess that's it and international feature film which like duh of course they were gonna win it i gotta say best original score all quiet on the western front had a fantastic score yada 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 it's great it's just like babylon man babylon no no oscars for babylon they had like what four nominations today I think the only one I thought they even had a chance to win was Best Original Score. And again, the last month of award season, everything changed. Um, and yeah, Babylon went home with zero Oscars. It's a ride. I have, I have faith in Justin Hurwitz. I think he's going to be back every like three to four years with another banger. I really, I just really wanted him to be like a two-time Academy Award winner at a young age. But yeah, Babylon, man. Real, real snub there. Uh, what else? Women Talking. Best Adapted Screenplay? Hell yeah, man. That's It's it's what I wanted for them. I think Women Talking has not been talked about enough. <laughs> Sarah Pauly absolutely deserves that award. I think the Adapted Screenplay category was weak in general. I talked about that on my last episode. But if anybody was to win that award, I think it made the most sense for her to pick it up. So yeah, happy she, she walked away with one. On that same note, Top Gun Maverick also picking up one Oscar. You know, I'll take it. I didn't expect them to, to walk away with much. They won Best Sound. Jonathan Majors and Michael B. Jordan walking out on stage. Very charming. They're very handsome. If y'all haven't seen Jonathan Majors' body, go look up shirtless pictures of him, man. Like, no shame. No incognito mode. Do that on your work laptop, man. This guy is chiseled like a Greek god. And I'm just not going to stop talking about him. He was in a movie that premiered a couple months ago called Magazine Dreams. Of course, he's in Ant-Man, and of course, he's in Creed 3. But Magazine Dreams is one of those like smaller festival movies that came out where he plays a a bodybuilder. And yeah, if you want to see if you want to see my guy roided out without roids, sheesh. Uh, speaking of hot people, Deepika Padukone, my queen, she came out. She had a great introduction for Natu Natu. And yeah, she she looked awesome, and and she, she was kind of funny. I gotta say though, the Natu Natu performance kind of let me down. Not kind of, it really let me down. Beside all of the controversy that I'll get into in in a couple seconds, it it wasn't that exciting. Like they they did the 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 dance move from the movie, you know, the thing where they use their suspenders and like play around with them. That was cool, but like they they could have done way more. Like, I think Rihanna's production design on her song that she sang was, like, infinitely more effective. And even that was, like, fine at best, you know? Like, I, I just think the songs in general, the song performances were just pretty, pretty lackluster. Uh, yeah, kind of a letdown. The controversy around the Nadu Nadu performance really is just that there were no uh, performers from South Asia on stage. Every brown person you saw besides the singer of the song, who is the original singer of the song, um is a hollywood performer and that felt pretty dis- disingenuous you know the, the, there was an instagram post and a tiktok that went pretty viral about this issue but even if you didn't know that 
I think it was really weird that they got two brown guys that kind of looked like the main actors of RRR to do the dance. It was like, oh, you know, this white audience isn't even going to tell. They, they aren't even going to be able to tell that this is not the original cast. And it just felt like weird. Like the, the original cast was in the audience. I get if they didn't want to do it, but like then don't impersonate them. But like, no, there's not a single person actually from India on stage. Like, I don't know. It was really, really odd. Um, just not good vibes there from the Oscars. Uh, I got to be honest, that, that was kind of a turnoff all around the performance and just the background knowledge of of who got cast in that. Big miss. Quickly want to hit the short film categories. Animated short film. Like I predicted, The Boy, The Mole, The Fox, and The Horse wins Best Animated Short. It's on Apple TV. Um, you know, it's a cute it's a cute movie. I think it's really good for kids, and I, I get why some people found it to be very, very charming. I, I will say, I, I thought it was really cute at times, but it just doesn't hold up compared to uh, Ice Merchants. I just thought Ice Merchants was quite literally a five-star film. I think it was flawlessly done. It was perfect and had just like a beautiful emotional core. I feel the same way about Best Documentary Short. The Elephant Whisperers on Netflix wins. And honestly, like it was great to see like Indian people on stage. That was awesome. But it's about elephants. And like, yeah, we got to conserve the the planet and animals. I get that. That's really important. And, you know, people who relate to that and that found the, the movie to be charming. Like, you know what? Good for you. I'm glad you got a win. But Haul Out, I, I believe it's not pronounced Haul Out, but it's spelled Haul Out. H-A-U-L-O-U-T. I heard it pronounced Halut. So I'm just going to say that up front. I don't know how to pronounce it. But... This short film that you can watch on YouTube as well, the same as Ice Merchants, they're both on YouTube, um, posted by The New Yorker. Both of these short films are just like the most artistic and the, some of the most innovative filmmaking, I think, of the year. Halut is a beautiful and tragic look at climate change and the effects of it on a particular population of animal species. I'm being kind of vague because I really want anyone listening to this to... Pause this episode and go to YouTube and look up Halut from the New Yorker and watch it. It's like 25 minutes max and I just, it's unforgettable. And I just wish that more people saw it and gave it credit and it won the Oscar. And yeah, just a little, a little saddened by both of the movies who, who won these categories, best documentary short and best animated short. Both movies are on Netflix and Apple TV respectfully and like, you know, I get that that's why a lot of people saw it and more people will continue to see it. It just feels like, you know, the, the movies that get the distributors win the awards and the movies that don't, don't. And it, I just wish that wasn't the case. It's really quite frustrating. But yeah, that's just, that's how I feel. You know, I knew this was going to happen, but seeing it get credit on stage and like seeing my family members, uh, you know, recognize the Elephant Whisperers from Netflix, but have no idea what Halut or any of the other movies were. That sucks, you know? I wish it, that wasn't the case. I wish they were more open about the fact that, like, hey, you can go watch all of these movies for free. Um, Netflix isn't free. YouTube is. Just saying. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, the In Memoriam section, pretty effective overall. They got Lenny Kravitz to do the music. I like Lenny Kravitz. I just watched The Hunger Games on Netflix yesterday. <laughs> Good to see him uh, in real life. I gotta say, though, the Triangle of Sadness uh, girl who died this year. If you don't know, there's a woman named uh, Charles B. Dean, who is 
one of the main actresses in the movie Triangle of Sadness that was nominated today at the Oscars. Uh, she died just like a couple of weeks after the movie was released or something like that, like very recently. And she wasn't included in the in memoriam section. I'm not exactly sure why. I'm not sure if they have like a different cutoff. If they're only doing 2022 deaths as opposed to 2023 deaths. I don't, I don't. I don't know. I don't really know even when she died. But yeah, a little shocking to not see her, even though I that was the only death that I was like acutely aware of that happened recently. Go watch Triangle of Sadness. It's not my favorite movie of the year, but it deserves an audience. The Whale, the movie that uh, Brendan Fraser won Best Actor for, also won Best Makeup and hairstyling yeah weird category because three out of five of these movies are fat suit featuring and no more more prominent than in the whale and it was a i don't know i don't i don't know how i feel i have not seen this movie and so i'm not gonna judge you know like how effective the narrative of the of the story was or like anything like that i'm i'm sure the makeup team did a fantastic job in the movie and and you know, really transformed Brendan Fraser, no doubt. But, I mean, the movie is about a, a severely obese man, and they, they made Brendan Fraser look severely obese. And I, I, I think that's it. Like, I think that's all they did. Right? Like, what, what else? I don't know. It just feels a little strange that we're, like, celebrating who can make the, the fattest person. Who's the fattest? Biggest fatty award goes... It's just weird. Like, what? I don't know. It's a weird category. I don't like it. I almost wish something like Everything Everywhere All at Once just won. So it wasn't so weird to be like, hey, hey, hey. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I just... Does anybody else get this? I I wish there was somebody in the room to, like, bounce off of right now. But I just thought that was so, so odd. Yeah. I don't know, man. Not gonna... All right. I'll just stop talking. Maybe I'm out of pocket here. But yeah, I just thought that was really weird. Uh, best documentary feature. I predicted Navalny winning. It won. I have not seen any of the five nominees for documentary feature, but they genuinely all look fantastic. Um, I watched the trailer for the movie All That Breeds today. It's streaming on something. I forgot what. I think HBO. But that movie is about two brothers in Delhi, India, who are trying to save a certain type of bird species in, in, in Delhi because of the severe air population in that city. And the trailer just looked absolutely beautiful. And I've seen the trailer for All the Beauty and the Bloodshed as well. That was fantastic. So yeah, I, I think all the documentary feature nominees were fantastic. But yeah, cool to see Navalny win. Navalny is about a um, a, a guy named Navalny. That's his last name. And he's part of the Russian opposition. And I believe he's uh, in captivity right now. And they got his uh, partner, his wife, to be a part of their winning Oscar speech today. And I thought that was really powerful. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check that movie out as well. I encourage everybody to, and maybe we can have a conversation about that later in the year. Um, Let's talk about Michelle Yeoh. Uh, Michelle Yeoh won Best Actress today, and I think Kate Blanchett was the better performance in 2022. There is no movie without Kate Blanchett. You know, you cannot start without me. You know, her quote from the movie. This is what the Oscars is. This kind of reminds me of when, in 2013, I believe, Matthew McConaughey won Best Actor for Dallas Buyers Club, a movie that I think at that time not a lot of people had ever seen. And Leonardo DiCaprio, who was nominated for The Wolf of Wall Street, lost that award. And I think a lot of people assumed that Leo would be winning. Of course, Leo won the the next year after, so like nobody remembers that as a big snub. But at the time, I remember being like, 
I liked Leo's performance, but I guess Matthew McConaughey's was the more accomplished performance. And this year is almost the opposite, right? Where you have Michelle Yeoh as this like super uber popular performance that everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people really resonated with, young people really resonated with, the Everything Everywhere All at Once Hive was super behind. I mean, even Kate Blanchett was campaigning for Michelle Yeoh. There's interviews where Kate Blanchett's like, yeah, go watch this movie. And Michelle Yeoh's a huge star internationally and really has been a, a huge presence in, in the industry for 30 years and deserves an award. And so she's been even hyping up Michelle Yeoh. It's just that like now this year, especially, it seems like popularity amongst the general public seemed to play a pretty big role in the show. Whereas the last couple of years, that hasn't been true, right? You had Coda and Nomadland that, you know, nobody, nobody watched either movie really. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting trend. I mean, same thing with Brendan Fraser, right? Brendan Fraser, uh, you know, I don't, I haven't seen the movie again that I'm sure he was fantastic. Sincerely. I mean that I, I I've heard, not great things about the movie The Whale, but undeniably amazing things about his performance in The Whale. But it is one of those things that when you look at the nominees of Best Actor, I mean, Austin Butler and Brendan Fraser, no doubt, were the most popular performances of the year. But in terms of the most critically acclaimed and like, you know, the movies that critics really resonated with, nobody was talking about Elvis and nobody was talking about The Whale. Everybody was talking about The Banshees of Inisherin and Colin Farrell's performance. On that same note, everybody was also talking about After Sun and Paul Meskel. So, like, I think 10 years ago, there was a, sh- a real shot at Colin Farrell or Paul Meskel kind of coming in to this awards race as more of a, a real contender and more people kind of paying attention to the fact that they were there. And this year, especially with people coming back to theaters and people having this newfound relationship with the movies after three years of a pandemic, it really felt like popularity played a big role what that means for the industry going forward and what that means for the oscars going forward i don't know because i don't know if it's a pattern yet i mean we'll have to see next year how things play out with whatever movies drop but if margot robbie is winning best actress for barbie next year then i feel like popularity might be a a huge role in the oscars you know i don't know if you haven't seen tar i've only seen that movie once and i honestly don't even know what i watched but I know that I was I was really fascinated by everything I saw. And the most fascinating thing I think I saw from a, an actor or actress this year, I, I want to say was Kate Blanchett, or at least top three was Kate Blanchett. Um, I hope that people don't discount Michelle Yeoh's performance and everything everywhere all at once, because looking at some of the clips today, it was like a, a stark reminder of like how impressive Michelle Yeoh's performance truly was. She was doing a lot in everything everywhere all at once. That really moved me. But Kate Blanchett really did transform into this psycho in Tar, and I think that performance should be memorialized somehow. So yeah, go watch that movie. Let me know what you think. Oh my gosh, what am I doing? What am I doing here? I I, I think it's because this category was like the second category, but what are we doing here? Jamie Lee Curtis won a Best Supporting Actress. What? the fuck like i know I, I i said it on friday last week the last episode i said it i said jamie lee curtis is probably gonna win this award i even put that on my oscar ballot for the pool i'm in i said she was gonna win yet i don't think i really 
understood how how strongly I felt about the fact that like I haven't seen the whale, so I don't know how good Hung Chao was in the whale. But Jamie Lee Curtis's performance and everything everywhere all at once is not what I left the theater remembering. She was good in the movie, no no doubt she was good. She's probably the the worst person in the movie in terms of acting. Stephanie Hsu was way better. I'll be honest, I think the best performance in that category was from Carrie Condon in The Banshees of Inisherin. I also don't think that this category was strong at all. I don't think there was any real momentum around any of these five women. And I think that's how Jamie Lee Curtis in the last three weeks was able to kind of easily skirt by Angela Bassett, who was probably the front runner, and win this award. This really feels like a legacy, popularity, it's time award. Way more than the Michelle Yeoh win. Michelle Yeoh's win still feels like in the vein of she gave a truly career-defining, not well, yeah, career-defining, yes, but truly like film-defying performance where this movie would not have worked without her. Jamie Lee Curtis could have been played, her character could have been played by anybody. And I truly mean that. I love Jamie Lee Curtis. I'm a Freaky Friday stan. But like, I'm sure by the time you're listening to this podcast, Twitter and TikTok are all over this already. Not great. I think that, I think this is the one win that is going to be remembered historically as a mistake. Whether it's people who look back on Angela Bassett's career and is like, remember when she lost Best Act Supporting Actress to Jamie Lee Curtis in Everything Everywhere All at Once? Or if it's like, I don't know, Carrie Condon or, or Stephanie Hsu or even Hung Chao. Like, I don't know. Just, I just think that like, I can't fathom. The only thing that I can maybe kind of like hold on to for hope is that Jamie Lee Curtis understands the fact that her win is kind of cringy and like is very open about it because it's not her fault she won i mean she she was campaigning for the movie she said a lot of good things about michelle yo she wasn't necessarily hyping herself up on the campaign trail i just think people kind of like latched onto her energy and were like yes let's celebrate this woman i hope that jamie lee curtis is able to openly kind of acknowledge the weirdness of this movie celebrating a lot of things and none of those things being a woman like her <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. Really odd. The Nepo baby jokes are going to be strong tomorrow because, yeah, I can't I can't blame the haters either. This is this is definitely the weirdest thing that happened. I can't believe I waited 25 minutes to fucking talk about this. Sorry. Overall, a, a pretty good Oscars night. I'm really happy everything everywhere all at once took the trophy home. We'll have to see in like five to ten years how this ages. I'm really hoping it ages well. I think this movie is going to be very big for Gen Z and young people in general. I think we're going to be coming back to this movie over time as something to remember. And that's something that captures this post, like very quick post-pandemic world that we're living in. And the nihilism of young people that kind of uh, erupted, especially after COVID-19. So I think it's a fascinating thing to study in the future. But yeah, it's been it's been fun to talk about the Oscars the last month and a half. Those of you who have been listening to Video Village for a while, thanks for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed all the Oscars content. 
I'm going to try to get away from the Oscars content in the coming months just to keep things fresh for myself, let alone you guys. I, I know how tiring it is to hear award show talk, and I've definitely been talking about it for weeks and weeks now. So thanks for indulging me, and I'll see you next week. We're going to be doing 2023 movies. We're going to be talking about all of the exciting releases, Oppenheimer, Barbie, Dune Part 2, the Spider-Verse sequel. We're going to be drafting all of them and more. So that'll be next week. And until then, take care and I'll see you then. Special thanks to my lovely girlfriend, Kubo Patel, for the podcast's artwork and my good friend, Kevin Cow for the music that you're listening to now. You can find more of his music on Instagram at Wei Guang Beats. Thanks, y'all.